Rock Remnant Reality Radio. It's praise, prayer, decree, and declare. Boker Tov, good morning. Let's praise, prayer, decree, and declare our way clear of everything that's coming against our attitude, our prosperity, our lives. Life is in the power of our tongues, propelled by the very breath he placed in our lungs. He is the spark. He is the fuel. We can't be a fool. L2R4 is the pump, and this message is high octane, and we can't get it wrong. We are the vehicle carrying a message of Hava from Shamayim across at Etz. What's in your tank? Hallelujah. We're going to ask Yami if she would come forward and pray clear the line this morning so that we can kick this thing off. Yami, are you there? Hallelujah. Yami, are you with us this morning? Well, she checked in. There she is. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Yami. Go ahead, Yami. Well, apparently, Yami is having issues with her technology this morning. Now, can you hear me? And now I can hear you, yes. Um, I apologize. Uh-oh. What's that? Okay. So, um, <clears throat> thank you, Father, that you are in the one who um, gave us uh, um, many different ways of communication. And we are um, asking that you uh, um, cancel any assignment Satan is put against our ability to communicate this morning. And we thank you that we know you have a message for us and that our relationship with you is new every morning. And we testify to that. And we choose this day to submit to you our heart, our life, the things we do with our hands and feet. Father, thank you that that you have good plans and you tell us to rejoice in you always. And then you say again, rejoice. And Father, we rejoice that there's opportunity to do great exploits today, and we don't know exactly what will come our way, but we know with you, we are in a place 
of um, not just peace, not just the peace that passes understanding, but not just joy, but authority to keep the to kick the enemy out of situations. You've given us authority over that enemy so that your kingdom comes and your will is done. And just for today, we get to walk in the direction of rightness in the ways of our Messiah. So let us not be ashamed and let not the enemy triumph over us for you are a a son and a shield and you give to us everything we need. You give to us weapons for our warfare and as we open up the the um the training book, the manual of how to um operate in your love. We get to see the height, the depth, the breadth, the length and the width of the love you have towards us. And Father, we can emulate that. We can keep ourselves in in, um, right standing with you. And Father, thank you that when we find ourselves in trouble, that we call upon you and you hear and answer our prayer. And we thank you that we've been birthed into your kingdom and that we are now eternal beings as you intended us to be. And Father, thank you for um, each and every human being you bring in our path. And let us learn how to to um, express to another human being your your um, ways be an example of your ways. And um, let not the enemy fool us because he go, uh, Satan does go about looking for whom he can devour and we don't want him in our life to cause us to dis please you. Thank you um, for all you have planned. And let us uh, stay in that right place so we can be witnesses of to and fro for all the beauty of our Messiah all the wonder of our Creator. Amen.
Did you some want me to pray or should I get into the into um Samuel a little bit? Right? Not quite yet. Yeah, I mean no. I will let you okay. know when I uh when I finish with my thirty three I am my opening statement. Perfect. Thank you. Not a problem. Thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Abba Yah, in the name of Yeshua, we just thank you. I just, yeah, I want to thank you. I am thankful for another day. I'm thankful for the gift of being able to open my eyes again, to be able to stand again. Abba, I'm thankful for the gift of opportunity this morning. I'm thankful for a pair of eyes that work, though they're not fully open yet, and I have not had caffeine. Abba, I know that you are my sustenance. I do not need the caffeine. Abba, I'm thankful for the beautiful blue skies that reminds us that you were up before the sun was up. Abba, I'm thankful for these calls. I'm thankful for the lives and the hearts that are touched because of these calls. I am thank you, thankful for my mishpaka that joins me every morning that of to be here. Not just for me and not just for the hearts that we may reach. But because they love you enough yeah, to be here, to do what often is uncomfortable. Just getting out of bed sometimes is not a wanted action. Though we all know that sooner or later it's going to be necessary. I'm thankful for the preparation. of the gospel that we can shut our feet with. Abba, I'm thankful for the fact that you call those feet that carry your word beautiful. And Abba, we do ask that those that we are sent to see us coming so that they know that there's good news coming. Abba, I thank you for hope. I thank you for purpose. I thank you for passion. Abba, I thank you for understanding. And I thank you for camaraderie, yeah. I am thankful for the excitement of what today can bring. In the name of Yeshua, hallelujah. Amen. I just praise Yah this morning for the fact that he has prepared us to come before him 
for a meal that is not of this world. I decree and declare that we all are full, are filled up, that we all have had enough, that we all have enough before we leave here this morning. I pray that when we do finally say so long until next time, that we can sense the presence of each and every one of our brothers and sisters as well as the presence of Yah in our daily in our daily lives, knowing that they are strengthening us, that they're praying for us, that we are Echad in Yah. I pray for the authority of Shamaim flowing out of each of us. That in some way, in some small way, or a large way, depending on how you want us to do it, that the power and authority of Yah would leave a mark on the lives of those we speak to. Yeah, I pray that all fear would be removed. That all consternation, that all insecurity, that all doubt, anything that would stand in the way of accomplishing what we're supposed to be about for the kingdom and for ourselves and for our neighbors would be cast as far away as the east is from the west so that it cannot even come close to overtaking us to oppressing us in the name of Yeshua I just plead the I, I plead the blood over the areas that we walk in, that we walk through, that we conduct business in, that anything antagonistic towards the truth of Yah, the Ahava of Yeshua, that anything attempting to stand against it would be swept clean. that all supernatural strongholds, that all spiritual strongholds would be broken, they would be destroyed, be destroyed, they would be torn down, they would be of no effect. Other that we could be, that we would all seek to be, the street-sweeping demon hunters that nothing can stand in the face of, not because of who we are, yeah, not because we're anything special, but because you are. Abba, we know that all power and authority resides with you. And Abba, we just pray and give gratitude for the fact that we reside with you as well and that you share 
with your children, with your Galal Talmudim, that which we need to be better than we ever expected. Hallelujah. Amen. I am 33. In Yahweh El Elyon, I am made tzaddik, or righteous through Yeshua's righteousness. I don't even know if I can do tzaddikness. I just, uh, I'm going to look at it, I'm going to pray about Marita. I just don't know if I can do tzaddikness. That would be, that would be the Hebrew. I just don't know if that works or not. I'm free of doubt. I am a son. I am a benai, or son, achi, brother, shaver, friend, in Kodesh, set apart standing with a Kodesh reputation. I am loved to the deepest, most intense definition of the word in all languages. I am shielded by Shamaim's Shachma, protected from harm, both earthly and in the unseen realm. I am dead to my flesh, past sins, failures, and self defeating, self-degrading thinking. I'm a powerful prayer warrior, guided altar worker, and valued and respected messenger, possessed of the mind of Yeshua, pursuing deeper levels of intimacy with the Creator. I am walking with a powerful anointing upon me at all times, benefiting from an intimate relationship with the Ruach of Yahweh. I am free to express and pour forth the favor of the kingdom of Shamayim, because he who is in me, I have nothing to apologize for. Having the authority to walk in unquestionable, unimpeachable boldness, excitement, truth, through him who lives within me and through me. I am instantly obedient, stepping out in faith, even in the darkest of situations. I, by faith, walk perpetually in the light of his Hanan, favor, and the authority of Yeshua, and the wisdom of Solomon. I am continually being healed of past failures, wounds, and physical maladies, known or unknown. My set-apart man is whole because of the price paid by Yeshua on the torture stake. I'm excited about my relationship with Yeshua, not because of who I am, but because of who he is in me. I am walking a directed, guided, and protected Hanan, Mercy, and Barukatad path, lift forever by Yeshua's divine light and truth. It is his way I walk. I am a believer, disciple, and humbled apostle. Shaliah of the Most High. I'm a conduit of his love, wisdom, canon, and strength, knowing, and apply, knowing, applying, and sharing the promises of Yah as simply as possible in a way that reaches into the hearts of all men, forever separating faith from doubt and righteousness from wickedness. I am possessed of a transformed will, or mind, will, and soul. My life has ceased to be mine. My decisions will be his decisions for me. I am not ignorant of the plans of the adversary. I am called a friend of Yeshua, therefore possessing access to inner circle strategy sessions. I am a trusted servant, brother, warrior, and friend of the way, the truth, and the life, Yeshua HaMashiach. I am standing as an honored recipient of HaMashiach's living expression of Father Abba's faith in him, as is expressed in John 17. I am, through Yah's favor, more than capable in righteous discernment, dream interpretation, as directed in the various functionings of the Ruach HaKadosh. I'm a walking, talking epistle to the nations, tribes, clubs, and gangs of this world, ordained with the Ruach of giftings needed to see the heart, mind, 
and rock or condition of all I encounter. I'm a blood-bought, covered, and protected identifier of all things evil, demonic, and opposed to the Ahava of Yeshua Yahweh, confidently, confidently coming against that which refuses to align itself with the set-apart freedom of the kingdom. As Yeshua demonstrated, I am loyal, steadfast, kind, loving, and possessed of His integrity and faithfulness. I am possessed of an intellect not my own to fully understand and disseminate in obedience not just the wisdom of Yah, but the gift of salvation to all whom I am led. I am aware of the urgency of the times and it's not mine to squander. I am disciplined and discipled by the hosts of Shamayim, humbly entering into a working relationship with the Melchizedek priesthood. I am a biker, visionary, and overseer, riding safely and at speed, regardless of weather conditions, knowing as directed by wisdom, as Yeshua did, that Yahweh never will never fail to protect me in transit from one appointed place of ministry to the next extended feast. I am the head of my house. I lead, love, and function out of the nine fruits of the Rosh HaKadosh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruits of the Ruach are love, joy, shalom, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, meekness, Yah control. Against such things there are no instructions. I'm a berchot to all I meet. Each meeting is a divine appointment to fulfill Yah's purposes. I am consumed with and by His calling on my life. I am ministry or I am nothing. By the Hanan of Yah and His wealth, I am debt free to this world. Everything I have or need is the responsibility of kingdom finance. I am coveted for the message of Emet, or truth, and Hanan of Yah that emanates through me. This message or the message I am possessed by cannot be stifled, opposed, defamed, or defeated. I do not desire to be the love of Yah with skin on. I am the anointed embodiment of Yeshua's earthly ministry, walking in His belief in His Father, and His Father's faith in Him. I am Kadesh for the work of for the work of the King. <laughs> Tongue's not awake yet. I am Kodesh for the work of the kingdom. Gadrael, Hasatan, cannot take, shake, or break my faith, my shalom, my joy, my trust, my obedience, or my property. I am not perfect, but he who is within me is. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We are going to break, and when we come back, we will be hearing from Yami. Praise Yah, we'll be back in a few. As soon as I find something to get us going, how about... And i got to figure out how to spell that young lady's name or I'm going to get myself in trouble one of these days. Okay, we'll do this one. It's a little bit of Re Rebecca St. James.
about how um, in the 15th chapter of um, my class is caught. Okay. In the 5th, but my classes are twisted up in the air. I got Okay. Um, that how Saul just missed it, missed the mark. He failed to destroy all of the people in the land and all, everything because he um, allowed the people to bring back the good of the land. And he also um, allowed the the king there to live. Um, it was not complete. Uh, it was not complete obedience. And due to that, he his missing the mark. He was did not have what it took. He did not show forth Yah's um, solution but changed it and was saving what he thought was good. There we go again. He, this part of me, this part in you that is like Saul, God be crucified. And in a, and that was one of the very reasons that every person and animal and thing in um, some cities has to be killed, has to be completely brought out of our lives because it can't carry on. It can't be in the presence of, of Yah, what they would carry on to God's people, would corrupt the people. He knew all of his, the reasons that um, these people had to be put down. And others he saw in other cities they went to, he saw in them um, a, something he could work with. And so he, they didn't have to be killed, but they had to kill out just the sin in them. But we can't um, let Satan have a little bit. It's sort of like the, how he says a little bit of leaven oil, the whole loaf. <laughs> and if you've ever made bread, you start with a couple cups of flour. And when you add the leaven, it, it gets turns into a whole loaf of bread and um, along with a few other ingredients that put in it. But I would like to look at how Yaz um, in, in um, 1529 well let's start 28 um And Samuel said to him, Yahweh has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to your neighbor who is better than you. 
and also the majesty of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. And he said, this is um, Saul, I have sinned, honor me now, forgive me, please, before the elders of the people and before Israel. Now, what is this that he's repenting of? Not completely obeying Yah's direction. And the footnote tells us that Yah's looking for humble, obedient servants that will be loyal to him throughout eternity. Faith is simply underlying um, loyal, underlying loyalty, and to trust and obey Yahweh under all circumstances. So we will not always have the same directions in different cities and different circumstances. And we just simply have to put our faith in action with trusting and and doing it the way Yah um, directs. Otherwise, we're in rebellion. What's rebellion? Bitterness and deviation. Deviation equals sorcery. So we're not letting Yah be Yah, and he's not going to um, tolerate that because he shouldn't have to. Okay, and so Saul begs to be um, forgiven and to to stay, you know, in right um, as king. And um, in thirty, um, in verse thirty, it may it's why it no. I took note of um, Saul refers to Yah as Samuel, Elohim, not understanding that one-on-one relationship we have with Yah. Why? Why is this stating your Elohim? Why not say my Elohim? Um, well, anyhow, um, in 31, it says, Saul turned back. I mean, Samuel turned back away from Saul. And Saul did worship Yahweh. And Samuel said, bring near to me a guy, the king of Amalek, and a guy um, came to him cheerfully. And the guy said, surely the bitterness of death has passed. And Samuel said, as your sword has bereaved women of, of children, so shall your mother be believed among women. And Samuel 
cut a guy in pieces before Yahweh in Gaza. And Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went to his home. And Samuel never again saw Saul until the day of his death. For Samuel mourned for Saul, and Yahweh repented that he saw to reign over Israel. So Samuel did love Saul and was very grieved about um, him unable to um, reform Yah's plan. So in 16, um, Yah said to Samuel, tell when mourn for Saul, for I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, Bethlehemite, for I have seen a king for me among his sons. So, in other words, let's get on with this show. Samuel, or Saul, did repent, and his uh, destiny um, was in the hands of Yah. But the kingdom needed to have a king to rule because they had requested that, and Yah had allowed this, even though Yah's heart is, is for each of us to let his fly high, let his flag fly high to prove that the king is in residence in, in each one of us. So, hallelujah, um, Samuel direct, gets direction of where to find the new king in, among the sons of Jesse. So he told Yah that he was um, sure in his goings that uh, Saul was going to kill him because um, Saul wanted to stay as king. So here goes some strategy given to um, Samuel. In in, um, verse... uh, 16.3, and you invite to the sacrifice, Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will make you know what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me whomever I say to you. And Samuel did what Yahweh said and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the city trembled to meet him and said, do you come in peace? And he said, peace. I have come to sacrifice this Sacrifice yourself, yourself, and you shall come with me to the sacrifice. And he sacrificed Jesse and his sanctified Jesse. 
time and said to them and called them to the sacrifice. And it happened as they came in that they saw um, Elba and said, Surely before Yahweh is his Messiah. And Yahweh said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance, nor to the height of his statue, because Saul was handsome and, and tall and stood above the people, but God's saying that don't make that mistake. Don't think because of the size of this son that that he would be um, the one I've chosen. For I have rejected him. For man does not see what he sees. For man looks for the eye. But Yahweh Look for the heart. And Jesse calls to Abeladad, and he passed him before Samuel. But he said, also, Yahweh has not chosen this one. And Jesse passed Shammah um, by, for he said, also, Yahweh has not chosen this one. And Jesse passed seven of the sons before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, Yahweh is not chosen among these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are those all the young men? And he said, There yet remains the youngest. And behold, he's feeding the flock. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him. For we will not set until he comes here. And he sat and brought him. And he was ruddy and beautiful eyes and good form. And Yahweh said, Rise up, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of Yahweh came upon David from that day and onward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. David had received it. Uh, the footnote says, according to Psalm 51:11, David had Yahweh's set-aside spirit. David um, had received a special anointing right then and there. And and still, um, uh, it says that okay, that this was talked about before, you know, Saul, before um, David received the anointing. And in the meanwhile, Saul was still in a um, place of, um, of ruling. But it was, this was it. 
Um, the anointing was given to David, and in 14, the spirit of Yahweh departed from Saul. And a spirit of adversity from Yahweh terrified him. And Saul's servant said to him, Behold, now a spirit of adversity from Elohim is terrifying you. Please let our master say to your, to your servant before you, let them seek out a man who knows how to play on the harp. And it shall be when the spirit of adversary from Elohim is upon you, then he shall play with his hand, and it shall be well with you. And Saul said to his servant, Now look for a man who is good at the playing for me, and bring him to me. One of the servants answered and said, Behold, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in the playing, and a mighty warrior, and a man of battle, and skillful in speech, and a man of form, and Yahweh is with him. And so Saul sent to Jesse and said, Send your son David to me who is with the flock. And Jesse took a donkey with bread and a skin of wine and one kid a goat. And he sent by the hand of his son David to Saul. So hallelujah. David, the one who now has already received the anointing, is ministering, is um, comforting um, Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before, oh yeah, and I, in 20, when that he took what the stuff he carried reminded me that when, um, when people would go before their king, they would always bring an offering or a gift um, and so did uh, Jesse uh, send his son with the, the bread and, and a skin of wine and a kid of the goat. So hallelujah, Yah always does prepare a gift for us to bring. Uh, and uh, Okay, David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became one who bore his armor for men. Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Please let David stand before me, for he has found um, a good place in my eyes, and it is it happened when the spirit of adversity from Elohim was on Saul that then David would take the heart and play with his hand. And there was relief for Saul, and it was well with him. 
and the spirit of the adversary would depart from him. So hallelujah, the first service that David did was he was sent to um, minister to Saul and to bring peace to Saul. Um, hallelujah. So we do we really have um, adversaries and people? Not really. Satan working people is what we fight against. It's what um, Yah loves people, but He needs for them to render themselves under the hand of the Ruha because when we don't obey, we go and go astray and we cause discord in Yah's plan, we're not fit because that's what we see happen to Saul. Yet Yah allowed um, David to minister to Saul. And um, as we know, Samuel was praying. He was grieving. He was uh, sorrowful over the loss of, of Saul. But he still went forth, Samuel, and anointed the next kin. And then Yah worked out. In this way that we're reading about the um, changing of the guard, before it happened, he ministered to Saul and brought and uh, was able to kick that evil adversary had to depart from him. So, Father, as your people. We too are are now given the ruhat, and we can be main that vessel of honor as we allow him to use our mouth, use our hands, and use our feet. And um, as we stay and and walk as Yeshua taught us, with you, we accomplish your plan and you can smile, you can be happy with us because we have chosen to walk in obedience. And yes, Saul repented, but he lost his place, his job in this, in the kingdom. And yet, you sent the king to comfort him, and with the spirit that had that was not pleasant, was a horrible experience. So thank you that the king does become servant of all, including the servant of the especially a servant to the ones that have gone astray so that we 
carry the peace. You said you bring peace that passes all understanding. Let us walk in that peace and let us do your will. For it is your will for all men to be saved. Amen. I will pass. Hallelujah. Thank you for that, Yami. When we come back, we are going to call on Marissa. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. I am here and I'm awake. So, hallelujah. I had them. And just um, getting myself organized because I. And thankfully, I woke up before I was supposed to share, but I didn't have my alarm. But and thankfully, I was able to wake us up in the morning. And to see me clear that his love is over us as we are accepting him, and as we have accepted him, and that his love surpasses all understanding. Um, and to clean the clue for his, for Yeshua, he is the first in our lives and that he can't, um, the enemy can't take us in the wrong direction. We pray that, that Yahweh is our, our helper. And to clean the clear for today to be a, a good day and a successful day as we keep our eyes and our minds upon the righteous the righteousness of Yahweh. And it's been a clear for our for our um, families as well as our loved ones that are not our that are outside of our our bloodline that we are that Yahweh gives them the strength and the the love and the, the healing and I think we clear that Yahweh's keeping us in the in his fullness and he's keeping us upright in him. And I pray for our overseers for safety and for the Yahweh to keep structuring their paths as they keep coming to the Next, next um, direction, and where Yahweh is taking them in the in his in his plan. We're walking Sandy and we first got Kim in front of Sister Yami, and everyone else that's on the line, and for brothers and sisters that come on the night time with two point zero, they can declare for you your help upon them as they are. If they are getting ready to come forth for the light workers at Faith Favor Farm that you are preparing them in way. And I between the clear for your helping the next person who's struggling with an addiction that's <clears throat> alcoholics that you know where they are right now and that they don't have to be in the struggle, they can have the solution which is there's sobriety, and I pray for the help upon them. There's so much um, fentanyl cases happening and there's dangerous stuff out there, Yahweh. So I pray for your help upon those who need to get clean. And pray for the more resources for places to open up for rehabs and for alley places and alley workers. Of course, and I pray for those who are 
trying to get the drugs and resources from coming in for the, the men and women in uniform to do the to, to do the right job that they have been called to do, and for them to work well to get the the right um, criminals off the streets. We pray for those who are in the healthcare system. Yeah, my health and your healing over those who are in need of your healing, as well as the doctors. As you know, you know who they are, young way. And I pray for those who are out there doing surgery and different different things and some that are non that are on the alley work or the body modifiers or transgender body modification things. Please you help them turn from their wicked ways to have have you in their life. And for those who are out there in the government and a lot of problems in that office there. We pray for those who need your your um work to come. To fill up the fill up fill up the government White House and the different um, city buildings around the United States and the in the rest of the country. We pray for people that are coming out of Egypt for them to come into the into your kingdom Yahweh. And then pray for those who are we pray for those who have um, mental health problems. That you're helping them. And I pray for the fruits of your work, which is love, kindness, joy, shalom, faith, patience, goodness, meekness, and self-control. And just going to pray your love and deliverance for for those who are coming out of the Egypt, coming out of the darkness. And pray for you to, for our help for our, for your help in the prison ministry system now, right? That you know where they, you know where the white workers stand, and they pray for the overseers and as well as brothers to ship me and others of Yahweh that are called to do your work in the to help others to share your word in the men and women prisons and pray for your your help to be upon those. And as well as I pray for my children, for, for Gary and enough of my children's caretakers, Mr. Shepa and Mela and Kumar and Father Gary and for my son Aiden and my, my dad and his wife. We pray for those who are out there then we pray for restoration and for those who have been seeking to get their um, relationships from their past um, for, heal, for, for healing or anything that the enemy has tried to break or, or steal. So the thing clear we have some restoration in relationships in all, in all different relationships that you see that is necessary for us to to work on your life for the to restore it and definitely forgive others who have done any harm or any wrong 
and I pray for to forgive us in the name of us that have done any wrong harm in our relationships that we can that we are forgiven and that others are forgiven for they may not have known what they've done and they haven't repented and then pray that you, you break up the sometimes and the aspect of um, unyali sometimes we pray for those who are in the sex trafficking business. You know where they are, yeah, right? And the deception behind them. And the world violence out there. So we pray for that and also for safety on the roads. And um, I know I didn't make the armor on yet. I know I have my my quick version, which I used to always make up, but... Um, I like to read it sometimes. It helps to get an armor going, an armor on in the school. And I am um, going to start at um, 13. Because of this, take up, this is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Because of this, take up all of the whole armor of Elohim that you may be able to resist the evil one. And being prepared, you shall prevail. Let's stand firm, having girded your loins about with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And defend your feet with the preparation of the good news of peace. And above all, taking up the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the flaming darts of the evil one. Also put on the helmet of salvation and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of Yahweh. Through all prayer and petition, praying at all times in the Barak and watching for the same thing with perseverance petition concerning all these saints. Pray also for me that Timmy may be given speech in the opening of my mouth with fullness to make known the mystery of the good news. From which I am an ambassador in a chain that in it I may speak boldly as it is right for me to speak so that you also may know the things about me and what I am doing. Take us the beloved brother and the beloved brother and faithful minister and our master and will make known all things to you. My sense here for the same thing that you make known the same same things. They might know things about us, and he may comfort your heart. Peace to the brothers, and love with faith from Yahweh the Father and Master Yeshua Messiah. Be with all those that love our Master Yeshua Messiah without corruption. Amen. So I like how they say that about um, that Yahweh will make known all things to you. So that Pray that Yahweh helps us recognize things that He wants us to know, and that we can have discernment in the things that we need to learn about. And I, between the two, his, his um, discernment over our over each of our days today. As I am, I am bold, and I am loved. I am Yahweh's daughter, and I am an overcomer. I am a champion, and I'm a warrior. I'm a successful person, and I'm a good person, and I'm a truth teller, and I'm a well-seasoned, and the Yahweh's knit together. And I am a vine, and, the Yahweh's, and I am Yahweh's vessel, and I'm not purchased by the blood of the Lamb, and I'm more sensed than Yahweh in his senses. And I'm a learner and student, as I'm learning Yahweh's word. And I am a seer and hearer of what Yahweh has for me. And I am in awe of Yahweh and fearful of Yahweh. 
marking your living testimony and you're obedient and I'm putting on my trust in you, Yahweh. And I'm pushing and choosing. And I'm thankful for my legacy and for Yahweh, who's living word and for the world that we are living on, that we have life in this world. And thank you that we can share Yahweh's word with others and be um Kiddush, um curious and thanks for that Yahweh's helping me with my um misunderstanding that he can restore and help me understand the word. But it's kinda clear that I am not confused and I'm able to receive what Yahweh has for me. I'm grateful for for Monarchim as they are taking place around us and, and protecting us. And I'm thankful for that I'm out of the darkness and in his in Yahweh's light. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful that for our children and for salvation. I'm thankful for animals and for I'm thankful for Yahweh's discernment as he gives us discernment for each thing that we need to understand. And I'm thankful for sleeping in the in a nice um, bed last night that we had a, a hotel that I continue able to get some rest as I continue the morning to the next um, place that we're going. I'm thankful for safe travels and for our um, brothers and sisters on the line and um, thankful for transform recovery and for for Yahweh's um, next um, next school in my life is that we I mean thank you for Yahweh as he helps me reach my next school and learning about my the defects that Yahweh's helping me overcome unless we are overcomers hallelujah in the past that in the name of Yeshua, we just ask that as we enter into this 27 minutes of praise, of meditation, Yah, that it draws close to you, that we would hear from you, that we would know it's you speaking back to us, obviously, so that we can truly start our day your way. Hallelujah. Amen.
hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Abaya, for this time together. Thank you for the ability to draw close to you. To have the ear of the creator of the universe is nothing to take lightly. Yami, yeah, mean, if I could ask you to pray over the reading, hearing, and obeying of the word, we're going to be looking at Proverbs 16, 8 to 15 this morning. Father, Father, um, we thank you that you've given us the word, your, your um, construct, instruction in writ, written in writing. Thank you that um, we want to take heed. So we pray that you fertilize our heart. You um, make our the soil of our heart prepared to receive your word. And Father, we thank you for your anointing that breaks the yoke that falls upon scribe as he teaches, um, as he um, shows us um, the way to interpret what you have to say. And thank you that you don't leave us in darkness, but your light shines upon um, us as we make the choice to walk in your light. And so um, let scribes this morning emulate and let um, your word be clear and let us receive understanding and let us become doers of that word in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Yami. Proverbs 16, 8 to 15 starts to read, Better is a little with righteousness than great increase without justice. We know that on face value, most of Yah's word, most of the Kitve HaKadosh, speaks to the eternal but we cannot separate it from reality either well while this might sound like a strange way to start this out just look at eight again better is a little with righteousness and great increase without justice. In this life recently in this country, we went through eight, we're in about the 11th year now of a relative increase, and I use that term loosely, without justice. There was a four-year period in there where most of the country saw improvement. Because the leadership was at least trying to be righteous. 
and was at least trying to serve and provide justice. Whether it was thwarted at every possible turn or continues to be thwarted at every possible turn is not introduced in verse 8. It's alluded to, but it's not actually introduced. But I think because we know who Yahweh is, it's there anyway, and it needs to be at least touched on. Better. What's better? Yeah, it's kind of a, um, as a way to make a statement about wisdom, it's kind of a vague way to, to do it, or at least that's the way the world would see it. That's understand it. As, a, as believers, we understand what Yah's getting at. There's that first push in a day to get something positive out, to get something positive into our ears, to get something positive into our hearts so that we don't have to look at life through a stained lens. And we'll be talking about that stained lens when we get, uh, once we hit 15. Better is a little with righteousness. It's better to be right and just and not have that much than it is to have everything you could possibly want. Name recognition, money, power, the whole nine yards. But no but not know how to implement it with any modicum of justice. I'm not gonna drop any names. Some probably popped into head into your heads as I was saying that. If we are talking from one king to another or one political leader to another, it's not a hard connection to make. It gets even easier. Verse 9, a man's heart plans his way. A man makes a decision. People make decisions. They make plans. They start to walk these plans. But just like we're told in the New Testament, If a man puts his hand to the plow and then turns back from it, he's not fit for the kingdom. Once we have chosen to begin walking his way, Yahweh prefers our steps, or let me put it this way. Once we begin walking his way, Yah prefers our hands be fixed to that plow. The second half of verse 9 says, but Yahweh fixes his steps. There's a footnote here. It says, this scripture is clear proof why one's heart and soul must be toward Yahweh continually, as if we are made 
plans based on his will. He will fix our path in the same manner. But if not, we will go through trials in our walk. A man's heart plans his way. We will see something, decide to do it, set a set up an order of things. But if Yahweh is not in it, he will let us know. Or if he is in it, he will most certainly let us know. And our spirit will agree with his Ruach that that is the direction in which we are supposed to continue walking or it's something we're supposed to continue doing. Verse 10, a righteous decision is on the lips of the king. His mouth is not treacherous in judgment. The reason Solomon is putting this in there is because he grew up in a time where he knew that the king, that the political leader of of Yerushalayim also had a ruachal responsibility to his subjects to rule righteously, to decide with justice, to decide every governmental move based on what he personally believed, the Ten Commandments and the Torah from there forward were addressing. David could not have been considered a man after Yah's own heart if he allowed his kingship to stray from his responsibilities as a ruler. I can say that with confidence because we know what happened to Saul. I can say that with confidence because of the way Solomon finished off this statement. His mouth, the king's mouth, is not treacherous in judgment. And I'm going to read into that where it says it's not treacherous in any way, either towards Yahweh, so we've got the vertical going on, or towards the people. We've got the vertical. Now, whether it makes a mental image of a cross or not is... is is really of no consequence at this point. It's just, if if the king is rotten at heart and he's not making righteous decisions, and this can be seen in the mainstream media or the news or whatever was done back then, it will be able to be obvious. It'll be visible to those he's supposedly serving. And they will know by the reading of Yah's word that they are in violation of, that he is in violation in regards to the judgments he's making. And treacherous, that's, you know, not that far afield from, uh, from treason. And you're not going to betray your own. If you're a king, you're not going to you're, you're not going to be able to betray your own kingdom 
as an afterthought without first being a traitor to Yaz. And if your judgment isn't righteous, Yaz not going to leave you in authority for long. Just like he did with Solomon, just like he did with Ahab and others. Verse 11. A just scale and balances are to Yahweh. A just scale and a balance are to Yahweh. Yahweh holds the scale and the balances. He's the one that weighs them out. He's the one that has the authority to put his thumb on it if he so desires. In most cases, he's only going to do that when it comes to dealing with the adversary, when it comes to dealing with the powers and principalities of the air, he's not going to do it on internal, person-to-person relationships. He is not, Yahweh is not a respecter of persons. All the stones are of the bag are his work. You can read you can read that one two different ways as well. Okay, we know that Abayak we know that Abiyah created the stones. Okay, we know that Abiyah would prefer that all the stones give an equal weight to what the person in possession of the scale it says they are. Because now again, even though Yahweh, even even though the scale that Yahweh holds has not been seen yet as of this writing, because that could be a reference to Yeshua, if we look at it on a natural level, on a level of the marketplace that they understood it at the time, Yahweh would review the hearts of those looking to sell or exchange to make sure they were not doing dishonestly, to make sure they weren't being unjust about what they were doing. Because after all, if you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself, and you're supposed to love Yahweh with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, If you cheat your neighbor, are you not, in fact, cheating Yahweh? Have we come so far that we cannot consider him, that we should not be considering him our neighbor? I think great caution needs to be taken before we make that assertion. Verse 12. It is an abomination for kings to commit wickedness. For the throne is made firm by righteousness. Now here's another thing that 
it could be said Yahets. But I think that's included in the Proverbs 6, 6, and 7, I believe it is, passage. Yea, 7 is an abomination. Uh, let, me, let me go back to that. Look, I think that's the one it is. Just so I can get a proper context on the quote. Uh, nope, absolutely not. Way wrong. I apologize. Um, there it is, 16 and 17. That was close anyway. These six things Yahweh hates. Seven are hateful to his soul. High eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that plots evil plans. Feet hurrying to run to mischief. A false witness who breathes lies and sends out strife among the brothers. The footnote added there takes us back. Though actually it reverts back to verses 16 and 19. Two words that are rarely seen in Scripture Yahweh hates with the word or I'm sorry, the two words that are rarely seen in Scripture are Yahweh with the word hate, which shows how much Yahweh despises pride, gossip, and a false accusing spirit. And I emphasize that because in that false accusing spirit, there is no righteousness. That is what essentially possessed Saul. Saul was considered a wicked king. Saul was trying to kill the innocent. Everything that Saul did could be summed up in verse 12. He tried to divide fellow believers. He was ultimately even over and above the Levitical priests. He was to be the Ruach, leader of Israel. He was part of the Mishpachah. I don't know if it was Yaz Hanan on the king at that time, but it doesn't seem like they had armed guards in many places around the king, though in some situations at work while he was still within his country. They might have been separated to some extent, but the fact of the matter is he dealt face-to-face with the people in many cases. If the favor fell from the priests, it would have been the king's responsibility to bring his his handwritten copy of the Torah forward and read to the people. The moral quality of the scribes and Pharisees, or well, the, the scribes anyway, that were responsible for rewriting copies of the Torah, of the Torah was seriously scrutinized. Anything that came against, anything that stood against Yahweh, weakened 
the foundation of that throne. But the throne is made, made firm by righteousness. We know this. It was the righteousness of Yah's promise to David and David's attempt at being righteous, even though we know he was a sinner. Even though he, we know he was just human. His throne and his son's throne after him were made firm throughout eternity because they had done enough in Yah's eyes that Yah decided to make good on his promise to bring Yeshua from the line of Yehuda. That's an amazing thing. While we as individuals may not consider ourselves king or kings or queens, maybe for the sake of introspection we should adjust that opinion of ourselves verse 13 righteous lips are the king's are the king's delight and he speaking uprightly is love and again this one here goes both ways whether it's the king speaking to a subject or the subject speaking to a king or a vizier speaking to a king or an ambassador, or whatever the situation. If what's coming off the lips is righteous and pleasant, without the desire to tickle ears, if what's coming off the lips, if what's coming out of the heart being delivered to a king is righteous and pleasant, there's no reason for a king not to delight in it. But if there's treachery there, be careful. That's where we got to be in prayer. We got to watch out for, you know, we got to watch out for the serpent in people's behaviors and actions because we have to be wise enough to discern when they're lying to us, when we're being when when we might be running the risk of the risk of being deceived. And he's speaking uprightly is love. All it takes is one lie caught. All it takes is for a person to be caught in one lie if it's serious enough. And that individual has painted himself in such a corner that it's really, really hard to get out of. And again, we already know we already know what Yahweh's opinion of those not speaking uprightly is. Verse fourteen. A king's fury is, a, is as messengers of death. If you irritate the king, if you upset the king, and the king and king here is lowercase, so it's not. It might it might be able to be a, might be able to be applied to Yeshua Yahweh and Elohim Yahweh in Shamaim. Because we know that Yah has the power to take life if he so desires. But I don't think that's the reference here. I think this is speaking on a natural level. A king's fury is as messengers of death. If you upset the king bad enough, he's going to send his army after you. 
if the king is misunderstanding as Saul did and not seeking to correct that understanding as Saul didn't do. He sent messengers of death after David. But a wise man will cover it. A wise man, a discerning man, a man seeking to function fully in or through the Hanan of Yah will figure out a way to either avoid or smooth over without introducing the the aspect of, you know, tickling ears. He's not going to tell you what you want to hear, but he'll tell you what needs to be heard, what needs to be said. They'll figure out a way to assuage the anger of the king or of the messengers of death so that the situation doesn't get made worse. Verse 15, in the light of the face of the king is life. And his favor is like a cloud of rain. If you look back at verse 14, the king's fury, fury is as messengers of death. If you're engaging with the king and you feel like you're going to die or like you're in danger of being killed, then that king's face is going to be pretty dark on you. But if he's smiling, if you're getting along well with him, then you can pretty much bet you may have another tomorrow. Now, we know ultimately that it's Yah who who determines how long our lives are. But sometimes our hands, our lives are placed in the hands of men and that's where prayer for righteous function and understanding is essential. And we better be praying that our human leaders are as yali as they can be or we're in trouble. In the light of the face of the king is life. And his favor is like a crowd is like a cloud of the latter rain. Now apparently over in Israel, over in the promised land, um, they didn't get as much rain as we get over here. So we can't really understand that. Or we can't really understand it. Down in Arizona, Texas in that area might be a different story. In fact, it probably is a different story because they don't get as much rain. Obviously, it's desert and things like that. But the ironic part about it is while there's desert there, they are still closer to the ocean than we are here. Now, yes, we got the Great Lakes. I'm not disqualifying that. But those oceans on either side of them 
battle back and forth when it comes to weather systems. One might push, the other might push, one might push, the other might push, and the rain just may never fall. They may get one, and six months later they may get they may get another one. But what I believe Solomon is saying here is that in the light of the face of the king, his favor is like a much needed rain in the latter part of the year. And that's understandable, and I'm going to toss in, provided it is a gentle soaking rain and not a deluge, because Proverbs also tells us that too much rain at one time is destructive. And that wouldn't coincide with what we're hearing in verse 15. And his favor is like a cloud of the is like a cloud of the latter rain. The king's favor is far more refreshing. And you can stand and trust and, and be confident in it more than you can if the king is glowering at you and is angry and is on the verge of sending messengers of death after you. You better figure out a way to cover it. Verse 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold? And to get understanding is to be chosen above silver. Silver and gold can do a lot of good. Silver and gold can buy you a lot of things. Silver and gold can also cause a lot of problems because it causes greed and avarice. But wisdom can instruct you on how to acquire gold without reaching too far. Understanding can help you function in that wisdom because I believe understanding and wisdom are the two pillars that lead to discernment that lead to good manners good behavior if you are wise and you are understanding odds are pretty good you're not going to be some kind of a jerk off this is reality radio if you think this is church don't get offended just chill out Okay, there might be some new people online, and if that's the case, Bobby Yao was not always gentle. He laid it out the way it was. He didn't tickle. He he could not command us not to tickle ears if he himself was tickling ears. So don't be too sensitive. Verse sixteen: How much better, much better, it is to get wisdom, because wisdom breeds understanding. And understanding helps you to reflect on the wisdom. And everything else follows and falls into place after that. Knowledge, discernment, favor, when it's properly applied. And with those two, whatever else you're after, whatever else you need, however else you need to increase... 
it's available to you provided provided that when you are made ruler either over a lot or a little that as a king in that situation that you function in righteousness because to whom much is given much will be required how much are you going to how much are you going to sow is going to determine how much you get to reap but the effort has got to go into wisdom and understanding first otherwise it's otherwise you're more than likely going to have to go down a path Yah doesn't want you on to begin with and if you're still there and if you're still there obviously you've completely and totally disregarded the instructions in verse 9 a man's heart plans his way but Yahweh fixes his step Yahweh's not going to let you continue down a path of unrighteousness unless you completely and totally disregard him and make it known that you have no intention of being obedient. Verse 17, as we wrap up, the highway of the the upright is to turn away from evil. The highway of the upright is to turn away from evil. We've all heard it at one point in time or another in our lives. It says, uh, it's my way or the highway. Well, that's, a, that's exactly what Abba Yah is saying here through Solomon. There are other instructions not to turn to the right or to the left. And if we look at roads, rock and sand, and Marissa are traveling on, traveling on some right now, that are pretty treacherous. Some of them are highways. Some of them are very, very high highways. But if you don't maintain uprightness as in as far as integrity goes, integrity of lane placement, if you're not upright in the maintenance of your of your lane, and you inadvertently don't turn away from evil. In many cases, there's probably a mountain on one side of you or the other that you really don't want to come into contact with. Or there's a concrete barrier between you and and some extreme drops and I'm pretty sure right about now if all three are listening all three heads are nodding yep 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 where where Yeshua says don't turn to the right or to the left suddenness sudden change of direction sudden change of course is deadly 
it can be very destructive. Now, obviously, we, they, when Solomon wrote this, they were not traveling at the same speeds we are, nor did they have guardrails set up on the sides of the highways to protect us. But that initial protection that Yahweh expects each of us to maintain for ourselves is found in the last half of verse 17. He keeping his soul. So we keep our souls. We keep our souls just because we accept Yeshua as our Savior doesn't mean he automatically takes control and takes full responsibility for the condition of our souls. He still expects us to keep watch over our way. So our, our way continues to be his way or that his way becomes our way. However you want to look at it. He says, okay, you want to walk this path? You better walk this path because sometimes it's going to get tight. I haven't given you the gift of dynamite yet. You don't get to blow a hole in that mountain to, to make it wider. You just got to deal with it. But what you can have is this machete and you can take down some of these weeds you can take some of, take down some of this brush because actually truth be told I want you to see that 300 foot precipice that's about 6 inches from where your next footfall is going to be the highway of the upright is to turn from evil So every effort we make has got to be to identify and avoid that which will not allow us to live as Yahweh's instructed. And I think I actually like that definition of evil. It's the same four letters. But evil will not allow us to live as Yahweh preferred. Evil will not allow us to live in effective, in effective obedience to the sacrifice made by Yeshua unless we continually, regularly, constantly keep watch of our soul while it is on his way. Now here at the end of the verse, his is not capitalized, but ultimately, we know what Solomon is saying. We have chosen our way. Remember verse 9? A man's heart plans his way. But if a man is obedient if, he's, if a man is keeping his soul, 
in accordance with Yahweh's instructions, Yahweh will fix his steps. Abiyah, in the name of Yeshua, we just thank you for the instructions from Solomon. We thank you for the instructions from your word. And now we just ask that you help us to fix our steps in you and according to your desires for us so that we can walk correctly along the path that you've laid out for us. In the name of Yeshua. Hallelujah.
Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for taking care of that song situation for me. Shalayak Rock. I appreciate that. Uh, I was kind of lost in what I was doing. Are you ready to come forward with uh, your message this morning? Yes, I am. Can you hear me well with this uh, forum? Yes, I can. Okay, great. Uh, This has really been uh, a lot of great things that have been shared this morning. And uh, I'm going to reverse engineer a lot in what I'm going to be doing. So... I would strongly encourage everyone to get your notebooks out and take some really good notes on what I'm about to share today because it could really give you a deeper perspective than what you probably ever had before as to what transformed recovery is and why it is one of the forefront ministries that Love Inc. brings forth because it is really attacking the actual demonic forces that bring forth all of these various types of things that I will be sharing today. So, Abhi, I just ask that this line is continual as a flow of anointing oil and fire and water Washing by the washing of the word, fire that is the all-consuming of Abba Yah, and the anointing that breaks the yoke, let the oil flow like a river of living water. It, it just needs to have every bit of you pushing forth this message in its extreme, because it is extreme. It is a very, very important understanding that needs to evolve out of this and if people will get what I'm about to say today it could be an absolutely life-changing experience this message as it goes forth into the uh, atmosphere today I just pray that Abiyah takes it to the ears that need to hear it to the hearts that need to be pricked by it, and moves into right standing with you, Abba Yah. We pray that it does the work that you've called it to do. By the only power, the Ruach HaKodesh power, the breath of Yeshua Yahweh, and that it would just come forth to do its work, breathing onto the people, breathing into their ears, speaking to them, powerfully breaking every curse, every foul, nasty, unclean, wicked spirit off of these people once and for all so that they can find the beauty amongst these ashes. Hallelujah. And yami. Well, First, I'll just ask, is this phone working good in what I've said so far? Yes. 
Okay, so I'm not crackling or anything. Um, I could take it off of speaker, but then I won't hear you guys if you're telling me it's not working, so I'm probably going to stay right where I'm at. But uh, if all of a sudden I fade out, I don't want one word to get missed. So jump in and tell me, scribe, that that is what's happening, if indeed it does. Okay? Got it. All right. Thank you so much. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at the sickness. We're going to look at the actual uh, way that the enemy is coming at us, all right? And in that, I want you to see very clearly how deeply entrenched he is because even in what I uh, am speaking on, which has been listed, by the way, so for taking notes, you don't have to write down everything that is actually going to be part of the Transformed Recovery Textbook. Uh, the Transformed Recovery Textbook will have this in it. Uh, this isn't the final version for the book, but this is the study that I'm working off of. So four minutes ago, it was uploaded into the Transformed Recovery on Facebook. Uh, which is eventually going to be information shared through blogs, and there will be an ongoing blog uh, that will bring these things forward, and Facebook will not be the main place that we share our information. So that's coming soon. The Love Blog will be everything Love, Inc., including emulators, including Wisdom of the Ages, including... Uh, transformed recovery, etc. So all the various ministries that are brought forth, including Yability Ministry, will all be within this blog. So this is called Clinically Speaking on Addictions. So what I've done is I've put together some research, and that's why I say it's not final because there's some things that I'm going to put in these lists that are not in here right now. But it's a good starting point for you to address the subject that I'm addressing. And what I have listed, I'm just going to basically read it as a starter, and then we're going to go ahead. And the message, which is not listed, the message will come out. That's where you really need to sharpen your pencil at that point because there's nothing written for you to just take and read and copy and paste and, and use for your future. But this recording will have it in, and it will come from the heart, and it will be spot on. It will be like a flaming arrow of the all-consuming fire hitting the bullseye intensely. And as one flaming fire arrow goes into that bullseye, another one will come to the back of the shaft of that arrow, it will hit it perfectly right behind, and it will split that arrow right down the center, and it'll be bullseye number two, bullseye number three, bullseye number four, and it will be unmistakable that there is a 
a scriptural system, a scriptural system that we have discovered as we've recovered in our transformation. As we're transforming, as long as we are in, in, in Ruach HaKodesh, which happens in the 27 minutes that we set aside where there's just music on, and some of you decide during that time that you're going to go out and smoke a cigarette. Some of you during that time decide that you're going to go and, and make another pot of coffee. Some of you decide during that time that you're going to grab some food. Some of you decide during the time that you should be getting Ruach filled and building your altar in our morning session, which is as much transformed recovery as you can get. Because I cannot change you. I cannot deliver you. I cannot save you. I cannot fix you. That 27 minutes of time where you are to take to your knees is the time that you are supposed to be talking all of this stuff that you're learning. You're supposed to be talking it out with the great I am, with your father, your Shamaim father, the heavens father, the heavenlies father, the Abba. That's your conversation time with him. And you might as well talk to your brother too, but you know your brother Yeshua, actually when he taught you how to pray, he taught you how to pray saying, Our Abba, Our Father, who art, who is in Shamayim. So you're supposed to pray to the Father. You know, Christianity strongly pushes that you pray to the Son. But when the Son made his special guest appearance here on earth as a human being, he didn't teach pray to me. Everything went back to Abba Yah. Everything. Now, Abba Yah honored him. Abba Yah exalted him. Abba Yah said he gave him a name above all names. Although Yahukanan is noted, Yahukanan the mikvah man, not the one who wrote the, the scriptures, but the one who came as the one who actually was honored to be able to cleanse and wash a perfect vessel named Yahusha. So you got to get these things in perspective. You got to get this right. He said he's going to give Yahukanan the mikvah man a name that would be showing that he was the greatest man ever born amongst women. Wow. That's saying he's better than David. He's better than, than Peter, Kepha, better than Shaul, Paul. He's better than all of them. He's the greatest man ever born amongst women. That's a pretty strong statement. That's better than Moses. 
that's better than than all of them. And you know, if you read the scriptures closely, you'll find that he is one case of reincarnation. Yahukanan the mikvah man is a liar. I don't have the scripture in front of me, but I'll guarantee you it's in there. It says that Yahukanan, the mikvah man, or Christians call him John the Baptist. John the Baptist is Elijah or Elijah reincarnated. He came back for a special guest appearance again. These are some powerful things for you to stick inside you to get to realize the importance of the foundation of your faith. If you can't say what I just said, you haven't been studying too hard. Don't pat yourself on the back too hard. You're missing the details here that are crucial for your faith. And Abba sees your carelessness in handling the most important thing he's ever given us next to Yahusha himself. And that is his kitveh. Kitveh.com. Coming soon, not up yet. I got a lot of work to do. I got a lot of websites to make. But I'm telling you, we've bought ourselves some pretty awesome domain names because I couldn't even believe you could have knocked me over when Abba Yah spoke to me and said, check if kitve.com is available. It is the number one word that I would like them to understand instead of this pagan God Bible. I don't want my, me, my word, my word, me, me, me. I don't want me to be represented as a pagan. I'm not a pagan. Kitve is the name of the book. The writings, the writings, that's what it means, writings. When you say Kitve HaKodesh, it means the special separated writings that are different from all the other writings that have ever been written. These are anointed writings through anointed people that were chosen vessels to write them. And from all the study that we can find, it would appear that Hanach or Enoch or the grandfather of of, uh, Noah would be the first to write. So the point that I'm going to make, and you're, you're like, wait a second, we started out with clinically speaking on addictions, and now we're going all the way back to the book of Enoch. Where is he going with this message? And I'm going to give you the preface up front so that when I get to it at the end, that you really can wrap it all together and realize Wow, I could have had a V8. Sometimes the foolish things confound the wise. 
People who are wise in their own eyes have these really bizarre, weird things like putting mud in somebody's eyes to heal their eyes. You would look at that if somebody, if I took you out to a mud puddle and threw mud in your eyes today, you would think I was a nutcase. Get honest. Every one of us would. And that's exactly why Yahushua HaMashiach did it. It's exactly why. Because it's so bizarre. It's so freaky. It's so out there that it grabs your attention. And you go, wow. Dude stuck mud in his eyes and his eyes got healed. You know, we just recently went to see the Jesus thing in Branson. And the one thing that I really noted that they're using in this theatrical performance that's really very well done overall, I don't like that they call him Jesus. I wish they called him Yahusha. But we know that it's Yahusha if we really know that they're borrowing and switching it up. But they're borrowing our kid thing. They're using our book to create a theatrical performance and everybody can, can bring forth their giftings of acting and they can all get paid and make a living. And there's somebody who cleans up the garbage and there's somebody who sells the popcorn and they got this multi-million dollar building that looks like the Taj Mahal all for the sake of bringing forth something that no one else that I know of is doing in the United States, and that's trying to put on live performances with live animals, camels and donkeys and, and sheep and you name it, horses. They're bringing forth a live performance. Why? 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 What's the reason? To bring you the Kitfay live. I mean, every one of them, if they were to word it in the Yanglish that we have created, and by, by the way, we own that now too. I bought it because Yah led me to buy it. I will also be releasing a book called Yanglish. And I own Yanglish.com. It's another book. Now, I, I don't own the the rights to kitbay.com because that book has actually been written already. So I'm not writing the book. I'm putting forth yamentaries to show people what the real book is all about, not what we've made it as men. So in advance of going through all this stuff about clinically speaking on addictions, I need to say the, I'm going to give you the final message so you don't get lost somewhere in between and, and not know what the message is. Here's the real message. This is not about addictions. This is about 
not solutions. This is about solution. And that's why transformed recovery exists. If you are, have not figured out there is one solution to all of these addictions, plural, then you've missed it. There is only one solution, and it's Kitve. It's Kitve. It's the written word, the written writings, the writings that we have that were given from Shamayim, from the heavens above. He gave these to us. He inspired man. He spoke to and through men over the years, women as well. Ruth, strong book. Esther, strong book. There are books that were taken out that we should have in there called Miriam. Yeshua's mother wrote a book. I would think she probably knows more about him than anywhere, anyone else. But you know what that book reveals? That book reveals her as a woman, not a goddess. And that's why the Catholics do not want you reading, Miriam. Because then you wouldn't worship her as an alternative to Yeshua and Yahweh. So man has consistently brought confusion in, and if they had a narrative in their heart that Satan had put in there to tempt them to do it the wrong way, instead of Yahweh or Yah's way, then these translators and these people in authority and power did everything they could to change the truth into a lie. The truth will defeat all addictions, the kitve or the amet, the truth found within the kitve, will defeat every addiction. So you have your solution. It's already been written. Huh? Hallelujah. Well, I know, everybody goes so long, and then I get to speak at 10 o'clock. It's not really too fair. So we're supposed to be checking out, and now my wife's putting stress on me, and I had already said this to the elders, that we needed to be getting started earlier, and Yami's not supposed to be teaching for half an hour. Yami's teachings are supposed to be 7 to 12 minutes, and Sand has a Zoom call in 10 minutes, so now I'm not even going to be able to finish the message. So, uh, to be continued, but I'm going to challenge the Yajay for Yahweh to get a hold of the clock and realize if you want Rock to be on the schedule to teach, you got to get the other teachers to follow a guideline. It's okay for you to teach as long as you do scribe, but there's a bunch of time that's being burnt up, and you're going to need to look at how these recordings are getting done because... I'm I'm not able to be on the schedule because I can't do this this late in the day. So thank you very much, everybody. I am shutting down because I can't even concentrate now. Bye.
Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I apologize for that. I completely understand. And at least a half hour of that was my fault because I didn't get started late. So this has been Praise, Prayer, Decree, and Declare for 7-26-2022. This is Schlack Scribe. And we are out. Stand by for a pre-recorded message. Hallelujah.